John, when we had met, I think it was uh, for the Innovation Calling podcast, right? The yes. Innovation Calling podcast is when we met. And I just remember you walking into the podcast studio and looking at Aaron and me because you met Aaron first. And I just remember right. thinking, this guy thinks we're chumps. We're not going <laughs> to know anything talking about gaming, GameStop, none of that coolness. And here we are today. Fast forward. Here we are today. Well, the thing, you know, it's all about complementary collaboration, right? So if you knew the same stuff that I knew, then we wouldn't have chances to learn from each other. So that's kind of how I think about it. But you have, yes, your knowledge uh, in esports has grown leaps and bounds since a uh, year and a half, two years ago, whatever that was. Well, I really appreciate your trust in me on that because honestly, I am loving learning about the whole esports industry and you're such a B-A-D-A-S-S. You know, it's, and then now here you are, the host of the DLC Drop podcast. It's, it's almost as if, John, you were born <laughs> to talk and say the mic is listening. Are you ready for the show to start? I am ready for the show to start. Let's do All it. All right. Let's do this. The mic is listening. 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 Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and wherever the folks are listening right now, we are live streaming, and as you can see, sometimes I just get internet issues, and I hate it when it hiccups like this, but welcome to the Mike is Listening Show, John Davidson. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Well, I'm glad you joined. Uh, you know, I kind of didn't give you an option not to join me, so. <laughs> this is true. So hopefully you're just as polite uh, to your guests as, uh, as I am to you, but so the host of the DLC Drop podcast, my friend, on the eSports Feature Eye podcast network. Gosh, you are like quite a few episodes in. How does it feel? Yeah, it, it feels great. You know, I think today we released our 31st episode and we have recorded... I want to say 12 more uh, that are just in the hopper when get released. And then, uh, you know, next Tuesday, I'll be back with you in the studio. We're going to be recording some uh, some podcast episodes with incredible guests. So I've been very blessed uh, to have a great network and have a lot of interesting and inspiring people who are personal friends of mine and to build on that and then go beyond that to people who I didn't know before who say, I want to be on your show. Um, it's really encouraging that people want to be a part of it. Yeah, no, it's, it's really cool. And you know, I knew from the first time we met and I had mentioned that, you know, you were a guest on the innovation calling podcast when you were at GameStop and yeah. you know, I, I just, I just remember hearing all the cool things that was going on in esports, And, you know, I thought I, I have bought many, many a games out of GameStop as well. And so I was thinking like, you know, I'm really, you know, intrigued to see what the next generation, you know, sport, you know, esports is going to look like. And then the pandemic happened and, you know, yeah. I, I just, and I think I kept bothering you to start a podcast because you've got so <coughs> many amazing stories. You're like, for as uh, youthful as you are, you've had like nine lives. I mean, John, you started off, nowhere near in the world of broadcasting or consulting for brands, right? I mean, right. talk to me, Goose, because at one point you were even a, um, what's that, teleconference, tele... Telemarketer. Telemarketer even. Yeah, I was even telemarketing. 
Yeah. Uh, before that, I mean, I was, so I grew up in Reedley, California. Reedley, California is a small town outside of Fresno. I think the population is right around 15, 20,000. And it's where all the fruit in the world comes from. And so I really did not grow up with any business background whatsoever. Uh, my Everybody in my family were, were typically teachers. My aunts and uncles, my mom, my dad worked at a factory that, you know, kind of supported the town sort of a thing. And so I didn't have the, the first clue to business until far later in life. And that was when I was around 24 years old. I landed a temp job at a tax firm in Washington, D.C. And we can get into everything in between there. But this just happened to be one of the top 50 best places to work in D.C. Had all these other awards. And the culture was just so phenomenal. It showed me that an office job could be a positive thing. And there was somebody very inspirational to me there. The COO, Deb Smith is her name. And she was a marketing major. And I love marketing, consumer behavior. I'm a creative thinker. And so I said, man, uh, I don't want to have a ceiling on my income. And I don't really want to work in the tax industry anymore. So I am going to go back to school. I'm going to be poor. I thought, you know, I thought I was going to have to go back to school for two, two and a half years. Because I didn't remember when I went to community college before I chased the skateboarding dreams that I wasn't passing all my classes. And I was taking a lot of business classes, but no general ed. <laughs> and so I go back to the, the college counselor. And the first day, he's like, John, this is going to take you four years. <laughs> yeah. I was like, no way. But honestly, I was so thankful that I didn't know it was going to take that long because I do not think I would have gone back to school if I knew it was going to be four years. Yeah, we, no one ever really realizes how I think long four years can be if it's a, a subject that you're not just you know, uh, passionate about. Yeah. And if you're only just going for the money and I keep telling my, my nieces and nephews, it's like, Hey, look, find something that you like that's going to show that you have discipline. Cause I think it's what college is, 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 is showing that you can start something and finish it. Absolutely. Um, because you know, heck 20 years in corporate sales for me and I have a degree in history, right? Like, wow. You know, yeah. that's a great, that's a great connection, you know? Um, so let's talk about, you mentioned the whole skateboarding thing though, because I love talking and hearing about your stories on that because Thank you. you thought you had a career in it and you did, you made money off, you were technically a professional skateboarder. So where did that come from? Who taught you or who got you interested in skateboarding to begin with? Yeah. Well, I, you know, to start off, yeah, I did have the opportunity to make uh, money and pay all the bills at some points uh, in my life and pay some of the bills at other points. And so people outside of skateboarding would, uh, you know, say that's a professional skateboarder. People inside skateboarding, there's a specific definition, which is your name on a skateboard, kind of like the boards behind me. And so I never had my own pro model skateboard. So I wasn't pro in the eyes of the industry. But yes, I did. Uh, I toured all over the country, moved everywhere and got paid by some sponsors. Definitely got a ton of free stuff. Um, I was, I was trying to factor in the other day, like how much have free stuff? What is the value of all the free stuff I've received, uh, since I got sponsored at age 14? And, you know, I was like, okay, how many boards a month? How many shoes a month? Clothes, et cetera. Like roughly it's around $130,000 of wow. just free stuff. And so, <laughs> you know, that alone has been great, but yeah, you know, I, I pursued that. Um, I bought a one-way ticket to Orlando, dropped out of community college, uh, you know, 
thought that that's what I wanted to do. I went on a skateboard tour for six months, uh, about a year and a half after that. And I was like, man, I'm going to do this for the next 10 years. I'm, I found it. I'm so excited. And I broke my ankle really bad at the end of that tour. And, uh, you know, my relationship with the company kind of fell apart just because I wasn't really useful to them anymore with a broken ankle. And, you know, it was like, what's next? But, you know, I've, I've continued to skate. I skate to this day about once a week and I'm thankful to be able to do it at a relatively high level. And, you know, it's good cardio and it, it you know, it is good. Some, of the, some of the kids at the skate park are impressed. They have no idea. I'm 38 years old. <laughs> well, and, and so for those that may or may not understand what we're talking about, I did pull this out. This was like a little promo that I did, uh, that you have filmed this recently. I know it was not one of your best little tricks, but you know, it just, if you just look at the eyes of Chantel's son, um, mm -hmm. just to me, I think you're a hero. Uh, for doing this. So let's, let's just check this out here. Cool. I mean, look at that. Boom. Boom. And you landed it so comfortably. I'm gonna have to play that again. Yeah. Play, oh, the slow-mo, the pop, the air, the land. Yeah. Good thing I didn't try to go over him, right? <laughs> hey man, look, look, I'm not going to lie. I was like, is he going to hit that poor kid? Like, is he going to hit that kid? But no, no, he's not. And it's minty. So you know, it's only a minor lawsuit with, you know, uh, of the managing director of uh, eSports Future Eye. It's all right. It's no big deal. She she trusts you. Yeah. Well, to get some <laughs> background, you know, that's Chantal Boucher's son. And, you know, he loves to skateboard. I came over for, I think it was a birthday party or something like that. And he, he, he was a big skateboarder. And, you know, he wanted me to help him, like, do ollies and kickflips and stuff. And, you know, I was I just love helping other people. And, you know, I remember when I was that kid. And I looked up to people who were similar to my situation or older and really good at skateboarding. And so it's just really a blessing to have the opportunity to pay that back and to be um, a positive, uh, positive person in a young person's life and get to skate at the same time. So it's the best of both worlds. And that's really cool. And that's the thing about the whole esports industry in general, like that level of influence is you could have different backgrounds. And some of the highlights I want to share about your podcast, the DLC drop shows and reflects your past guests have different backgrounds, but they're all still very much part of the esports community. So right. one of the guests that we had, and um, uh, this is from an audiogram. So for folks that are going to be seeing this, this is some of the different formats that we do to promote podcasts. It's not just simply something like this, where it's a live stream where you can see our faces. Um, this is going to be something where it's just an image with a voiceover superimposed. So if, as we're learning all about, you know, marketing, podcasting, et cetera, this is, uh, Daniel Hertz. He is with, um, what's he with now? He's with Mission Control. He's with Mission Control. That's correct. And, but he was talking about his history prior to, I think, at his time with complexity and talking yes. about how he was able to make the connection between the military and the esports com uh, community make sense. So uh, let's just listen to this little snippet here. Complexity where we work at the U.S. Army. Yes. And the military and esports has been an interesting case to look at because it's been very polarizing on, on all sides. Sure. And how they've handled it in each branch and, and what they've done. But for us, what we always pitched to the group, and it was easier because we weren't with the recruiting arm of the Army. So it's a different yeah. pitch, but it was about... How do we provide opportunities? How do we provide value and tell a cool story? And that's the important part of it. So we built a program where 
soldiers met professional esports players and they trained again. They got to compete together and they got to experience a day in the life of each other. And you cool. documented it. And then you document and you tell right. that story and yeah. you show the value to current soldiers. Of, Here's what the opportunity is. It's cool. We're not selling you on sign up to do this. You're already a soldier. We're providing value for it. We're making right. your life as a soldier that you've already, you know, dedicated so much to a better experience. And that mm-hmm. was really important for us as a brand, even at Complexity, to be like, that's what we can rally behind versus, yeah. hey, sign up to join the military. I mean, I love I loved hearing that story because there's a couple things he threw in there that I, I think we need to emphasize, right? It's the storytelling. Yeah. Right? It's 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 not trying to sell them a join the army. These um, right. a lot of these guys were already in it, right? So what was it about this particular snippet or that conversation, how you led um, you know, Daniel down that path? Was there a reason why you want him to emphasize this story? Yeah, so a little bit of background. Daniel and I are super good friends, and he was formerly the chief revenue officer at Complexity Gaming. And so we worked together on the naming rights deal for the GameStop Performance Center, which is at the the Star in Frisco, Dallas Cowboys headquarters. And it's the headquarters of Complexity Gaming, and it is incredible, and I'm so excited for it to reopen again. It is quite literally the highest uh, quality esports headquarters in the world. And so to have it right here is pretty special, and to do a deal with them was awesome. So complexity has this, you know, there's this great analogy about (coughs) business and it's you grow an apple tree and then you make apple jam, apple butter, apple juice, et cetera. Right. And I always say, man, complexity has got a hell of a tree. (laughs) Oh yeah. They they have this beautiful headquarters. You know, they have alignment with Jerry Jones uh, for like the non-endemic stuff, uh, you know, alignment with the Dallas Cowboys, which is the highest valued sports franchise in the history of the world. So they've got a lot they can do. And I thought that Daniel and the team did a great job with the Army because it was such an out-of-the-box way to think about sponsorship. Uh, we do see a lot of, uh, let's say, action sports, gaming, esports. You see military branches are, are targeting and advertising those folks because they're likely to join the military. But I, was so gr- I thought it was so great that they were adding value to the lives of the soldiers. And, mm. you know... Boy, given those years of your life and potentially your life, you know, to serve and yeah. protect this country is something that we should all be thankful for the people who choose to do that. But to, to go to them and say, Hey, we, we know it's not all roses, uh, with your job. Let's make it better. You know, the people who are gamers who happen to work in the military, let's collaborate and then let's tell the story through content. So that then, you know, gives it a longer tail and it also gives it further reach. So I just really impressed with the, ideation they had around that the concept and i think it's a really effective strategy to use with other partners as well and it's that outside of box thinking and embracing the opportunity and you know it's you know as jeff moore the next person i'd like to highlight it's like take the job take take it while you can and 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 i guess you know take advantage of the op and make it your own in a way yeah so so let's talk about jeff more a little bit because he is a current ceo of uh, team mv but he also has a huge illustrious career i mean yeah first off i mean that guy just to hear his story for anyone that doesn't know jeff moore's got the perfect radio voice like he's got <laughs> such a perfect timber to it i can listen to him like I, I probably have listened to that episode like five six times already but yeah I want to go ahead and share this one. And this is the one where he was talking about um, 
taking the opportunity to to jump over and um, take on roles. Cool. If you can figure out a way to be unique and differentiate yourself without doing that, which was a terrible idea, then do the finger thing. You were unique now. though. You I, were, I, was, I, I mean, you did stand out. Yeah. They're like this guy. So can luckily you, yeah. the, the young woman who was in charge of uh, selecting the interns uh, kind of liked that because it was different than the 700 other applications she got or letters she got had a little more heft to it, yeah. had something, whatever. <clears throat> so I got an interview and uh and so uh as i found out later that i was offered the internship i was going to lunch with my brother in uh in the west end at the time and i'd also gotten a call back to say hey you're being offered this other job and this other job has a salary a bonus a company car all things i needed i was sleeping on my brother's couch sounds amazing at the yeah, time that sounds um, like the job yeah if you ever yeah. want to have your dignity go through the roof, just sleep on a sibling's couch for a year. <laughs> Noted. And that's awesome. <laughs> and so uh, and so I can either take the five dollar sports uh, internship or I can get a, you know, fifty thousand dollars a year, a car, all things I needed. Right. And my brother just said, you know, um, take the sports job. He said, I've got a real job. Uh doing something I don't really care for and it's uh soul draining. He said for about a week it was interesting that you know that to drive into downtown, go up the elevator, have a suit and tie on, show up to work, you know, whatever. He goes, it, it was interesting for about a week. And right. now it's just crushing my soul. And uh he goes, take take the other job and see if it works out. And he goes, someday, you know, you might pay me back for you know, living on my couch, uh, and, you know, buying your dinners and whatever. And I, you might give me some free tickets to a, a soccer game featuring Guatemala. <laughs> so uh, again, yeah. it was, I mean, do you take the safe route or do you take the one that where your passion is and where, you know, you're taking that huge risk. And I just really love the way he, he was sleeping on his brother's couch. What a visual. <laughs> I mean, yeah. He, and, and hey, Jeff, full respect, sir, but he's not a little man. So I was like, wow, you must have been like really uncomfortable sleeping on that couch, right? So, it could have been a big couch. We, we have yeah. not uh, clarified the size of the couch. That is a true statement. Sorry, Jeff. I'll just go with, yeah, but sleep on the couch in general is only good for like a night or two, but like continuously, that's got to hurt your back. Absolutely. Yeah. So what I loved about that clip, uh, I mean, Jeff has an incredible career. He was the, uh, this intern at the Dallas Sports Commission working with for Lamar Hunt, Roger Staubach, you know, these legends of sports, especially in Dallas, Lamar Hunt. And uh, they acquired uh, in Dallas, they acquired the Minnesota, Minnesota North Stars, which became the Dallas Stars. And Jeff was the first, uh, he was the first employee of the Dallas Stars. And then he was there for 18 years and he, you know, rose all the way up the ranks to SVP of sales and marketing. And then he's done a lot of other things. But yeah, I love that perspective. It was really interesting from his brother to say, cause that job that he had lined up sounded awesome. Right? It did. Car 50K. Yeah. I 50K mean, back then, like that, yeah. that's not today's 50K. That's, that's a sizable amount of money. So I thought it was really interesting that, yeah, he went out of, 
after his passion. And as a result, he's, you know, done some incredible things. And I can really, really relate to that. I feel if there's something that I've never done in my career, it's settle. And I don't necessarily know where, what my end goal is, but I kind of have enough to push myself there. And I have the flexibility and the, I don't know, a little fly by the seat of my pants mentality that like, I'm willing to go for it. And, you know, yeah. so I, I bought a one-way ticket to Orlando. At one time I had uh, moved nine times in seven years, moved cross country five times. And it's not always easy, but I, I have absolutely seized opportunity. And there's, there's a quote that I love. Um, it's by Joseph Slocum. He was the first guy to sail, I think, in a sailboat like around the world. It wasn't Magellan, but it was like a different thing. But his quote is, if a young man, if young men would ask if they should go on a voyage, I would say go. And I completely support that, um, especially for younger people. I'm 38, so I'm, I'm starting to get some bills, right? I got the house, I got the car, I got the other things. And, uh, you know, I have a son. And so people need to realize, like, when you're young, you don't need a lot of money. Just go for it. Just yeah. give it your all. And wherever you land, you're going to, even if you fall, you're going to fall forward. Right. You're, you're going to, you know, failure is not a zero sum game. And so it's not just like, oh, I failed at that. I'm just back to square one or worse off than I was before. No, you've learned things. You've met people. It's opened your eyes as to like what you want to pursue next. So I love that club. It really resonated with me and um, see a lot of similarities between Jeff's attitude and mine. You know, I, I think experience is so invaluable. There's no monetary, there's nothing you can t attach that's tangible to a lifelong experience. And I think that's what's part of the esports industry, what is attracting me and why I keep pushing it. Obviously, we do produce the esports future eye podcast network. And but it's not just that. It's it's just such a burgeoning industry. And especially with the pandemic, I think it's going to accelerate even faster as yeah. a major force of entertainment. I mean, just looking at the stats now, you're seeing that shift. Even traditional uh players of sports, they too right. are gamers. Right. So absolutely it's, it's not an exclusive thing. It's an it's it's an everything. And the community is so, uh, I guess, willing to embrace alternative ways of thinking um, to integrate it into the community. But you got to do it authentically. And this yeah. kind of brings up the next topic here. So you interviewed Susan Paley, who is a former yeah. CEO of uh, Beats by Dre right. and currently with um, Drop, Drop Labs. Labs. Yeah. So talk to me about this a little bit before we play the clip, because how did you meet Susan Paley? So the way I met Susan Paley, uh, I try to see everything as a launch pad, you know, so, uh, you know, if, if I meet somebody, where, where can this go next, you know, right. and how can it be mutually beneficial? So a friend of mine introduced me to the folks at Drop Labs, um, Angela, who uh, does their marketing, and they said, John, we, you know, we have these shoes. It's a haptic te technology shoe company, which means... You can feel the vibrations of movies, music, or gaming in the shoe, and you sync it through Bluetooth. And when I first heard about it, to be honest, I was like, this sounds lame. You know, you probably just have like a big uh, bass Vibrator. speaker <laughs> yeah, in the heel, right? And you're just like, burr, burr, like the, probably like the, the eights that I had in my Honda Civic back in high school, you know? And so 
I put them on and I was blown away as to how complex uh, the vibration is, how it picks up all the different instruments. You feel it in different parts of your feet. They have filters so you can have it done differently. Uh, it's really interesting. So they did a feature on me. They interviewed me about esports, and, you know, they kind of saw the opportunity that, okay, if we kind of uh, pull some of John's knowledge and we, you know, kind of tap his network uh, with a feature, because I love to promote the things that I'm a part of, as you know. And so they did a feature on me. I'm actually on the, <laughs> their, the, the front page of their homepage on their website, which is kind of fun. But I was about to start the podcast and I was reaching out to people. And so I just sent to Angela, I said, Hey, I started the podcast. Check this out. Let me know what you think. And she said, John, this is amazing. You know, if we can help in any way, let me know. And I was like, can I have your CEO on it? <laughs> yeah. And so she was one of the first people who wasn't a personal friend of mine before we got up. So we had never spoke uh, together until we recorded that podcast. And she is just such an amazing thinker. She's an innovator and she has used software throughout her career in automotive, in tech, now in footwear to solve challenges. And she's just got an incredible mind in her, you know, the first CEO of Beats by Dre, such an iconic company is right. amazing to be able to sit down and have a conversation with someone like that. So, so let's just play a little bit here because she is brilliant. And it's, this is what I would love so much about leadership and entrepreneurship in general we're yeah. always constantly learning. There's never, you're never the smartest person in the room. You're always, if you're smart about it, always constantly picking up new things Absolutely. and seeing yeah. how it can be applied or reapplied differently. So let's check out uh, Susan here. So uh, again, this is an audiogram. Uh, I had some issues with the snippet. So we really kind of did a hybrid where we worked a lot of different shoe designers. Yeah, but we made it all black because we didn't want to get into the color game. And so someone said, "Hey, the minute you." put a color on something, you are making a fashion statement. And so for our goal, and this is what I learned at Beats, we had a company early on called Colorware. It was not our company. It was a Minnesota company. And they would take Beats early days and they would actually buy them, or put them into Colorware and Colorware would customize them. So we were like, well, why should they have that business? This is clearly a need where people want to feel unique. They want to have it reflect who they are. So we started yeah. really doing it ourselves of like special lines that would be for football team, a football club in Europe, you know, it was, and so that really became like your, you know, the gold beats your scene, right? That's a special limited edition. People want exclusivity. They want customization. They want the ability to reflect their own personality. So yeah. what you see with Drop Labs is there'll be some collaborations coming on that will really be about reflective of the product. And, and what's interesting about how this product can change, at least our product is not just how it looks physically, mm -hmm. but all the software change, all the tuning, all yes. of the applications can reflect, you know, what that person is. So if it's a gamer and they want to have like custom settings for different games, right? They can create that. We have That's the cool. ability for the shoes to become a controller. So you can bind settings to a keyboard. That's, That's cool. right. Cool. So now I can do input so I can tap my foot, tap my toe, tap my heel, you know, go on your sides, look around the corner. And again, that all can be architected by a, a collaborator. And so that's where I think the future of collaboration mm -hmm. is really about how do you create not just a different color version, but a custom experience. 
So I love that. I absolutely love yeah. hearing that portion of it because again, she's with a new product completely outside the box. Like you didn't think we needed this, right? But it's so part of the experiential experience, I gosh, what better lack of a term, experience to take gaming to the next level. That's exactly right. When I experienced it, they sent me a, a pair, which was very kind. They're they're not a low cost product. They're working on getting the cost down all the time. But um, yeah, they sent me a pair and I not only was playing video games with them, but I was watching a stream. So I connected via Bluetooth and then I watched a stream and I could feel what I was watching. That's crazy. That's it cool. Was we love that stuff. Incredible. Yeah, it just takes it to the next level. And what really I think is the coolest thing about Drop Labs does, they work hand in hand with the deaf community. And mm -hmm. I didn't even think about this until I talked with them, but they are enabling the deaf people, the, the deaf community to feel music, movies, and games and experience what they never have before. And it is super cool. And they work with, uh, with deaf people to customize them the way they want to feel it. If that makes sense. Like you and I might yeah. want to feel sound differently than somebody who doesn't hear sound. Right. And I just, I just, you know, there's a lot of cool products. There's a lot of cool things that you can do that ultimately at the end of the day don't really matter. Right. It's just fun right. or cool. But you know, when they have a really positive human impact, I think that's incredible. And I love to support that. And I think, yeah, I think initially when you told me about Drop Labs, I'm like, well, it seems kind of kitschy or kind of gadgety, right? But now yeah. they're seeing the other use case applications, especially for, again, eSports is doing such a great job of being intentionally um, uh, welcoming of diversity, right? And different backgrounds. Right. Um, the fact that you've got yeah. these top gamers, streamers, who are physically disabled, for example, right? Or maybe they uh, might be on the spectrum or something. The whole community really does embrace them to participate. And I love it. Right. So, yeah. so let's talk about these streamers though, because um, it is, we're seeing two different lines. We're seeing the streamers who are the, I, I would like to say the personalities sure. uh, of, 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 you know, esports, and then there's actual professional players who are like hardcore focused, hyper focused, and not really there to entertain you. They're there to play a game and do their Correct. job. Yep. So you met up with Melanie Mack, who is an influencer. Yes. Um, but she's also well received and, you know, in the gaming community. How did you meet Melanie? Yeah. So I met Melanie, uh, at a dinner and my good friend, Alex Rodriguez, he goes by Axel Toss. He's a pro broadcaster specifically in Rocket League, but he's incredible. He lives up in Seattle and his family lives out here in Dallas. And so he was coming into town. He's like, John, let's go out to dinner. I'm going to be with a friend of mine and, um, you know, let's all the three of us get together. And I was like, okay, that's cool. And I thought it was just like going to be some dude, you know, to roll up and, right. um, the three of us. And then I rolled up and it was this girl and I didn't recognize her at first. And Alex said, yeah, John used to work at GameStop headquarters. And she's like, oh, yeah, I work for GameStop, too. And I was like, what do you do? And she said, oh, I host GSTV, which is in every GameStop store. It's a two-hour loop uh, promoting the products, and it's the audio of the store and everything. So I said, wait a minute. Your name is Melanie. Is your name Melanie Mack? 
She's like, yeah. And I was like, oh, I totally know who you are. I just <laughs> had not ever met you before. And so just through the dinner, she was just sharing a lot of cool things of her story, women in gaming. Um, she's got a group called the Death Blossoms, which I think is the coolest uh, name <laughs> for the esports team uh, ever. And so, or esports community. And she has an incredible story. And what I love about her story She's naturally an introvert and she overcame her introversion because she wanted to be a content creator so badly that she just worked through it. And uh, her first experience with an internship, it just flopped. It completely failed. And she, you know, wanted it so bad. She learned how to do it. And I got a lot of respect for people who do that. It was her many series of failures, if you will, and overcoming being, if you're naturally an introvert, it is hard to be a content creator, but it's not impossible. It's just a lot of effort. So I know we're running long, but I really want to share this one because there's so many people that want to create content and they're looking at ways to become more influential. How can they get sponsorships? How can they work with agencies? And I really want to highlight this with Melanie Mack, uh, her episode with you. And of course, everyone, please listen to uh, this episode. lucky that I started so early. Now things are so much more competitive than ever and it's yeah. only going to keep getting more. So I think now it helps if you have some kind of agency to work with, but you just have to be very, very careful because there are so many predatory contracts out there for influencers and especially new young influencers that don't know what they're doing and they're signing these contracts that are ripping them off and so you have to be careful so kind of like dabble in agencies try to find some that are like hey we want to work with you we'll bring you work and we're going to take this amount of percent you know and that's it like no no tying you down with with any crazy demands or exclusivities or anything like that and i think that's the best way if you can find an opportunity like that for sure Um, so again just to highlight on that to listen more on it for sure please do listen to the dlc drop podcast on the esports future ride podcast network and i know we got to wrap it up because we're super long but i want to prove something to you because i have a feeling you guys don't believe me i was an old school i just want to prove here this is me. <laughs> Incredible. Um, and you can't really see it on the screen because uh, it, unfortunately it's, that's how old the picture is. It's faded, but I just finished a very hard level on Contra. Incredible. And I was so very proud of myself. So I just want you You're to know, I was, I'm an OG gamer, if you will. So, uh, <laughs> that's so funny. That's awesome to see. And that's the last time I had any decent hand-eye coordination, John. <laughs> yeah. I feel that, you know, a wonderful thing about the gaming community is you don't have to be great at games. You don't even have to play all of the games. It helps, obviously, if you're a gamer as well. But what it comes down to is really just having a love for the community and want to help people. And if that comes through, um, then you'll be embraced. So it's uh, if you don't, you won't be. But um, yeah, I, I love the esports gaming community and so for people who are looking at it like saying hey how can i be involved or i'm intimidated or it's it's confusing you know one of the things i'm involved i'm the chairman of the esports trade association and that's just a great way to get to know the space and build your network in the space but you know it's a safe space for people who are learning about it uh 
but we just ask that you know you put others first and when you do that you'll others will put you first as well exactly exactly so john um with davidson learning company your own organization i mean you are such a constant professional in helping non-endemic brands understand the esports community so for those that want to actually chat with you and get to know you and work with you know uh, the davidson learning company how can they get a hold of you yeah, you can get a hold of me on LinkedIn, uh, or you can email me, john at dlcyouth.com. Um, uh, DLC is the double entendre for Davidson Learning Company in game. It stands for downloadable content or basically represents value. And so I wanted to communicate that I'm providing value to my clients and the community. Um, yeah, LinkedIn, John Davidson, esports. You know, you'll see a picture of me in a, a hat similar to this and shoot me a note. I would love to help you figure this out. You know, it really comes down to enhancing the experiences of the esports industry. When you give the community what they want, but can't attain from themselves, uh, your brand is then embraced. And I've learned how to do that. I've learned the desires of the, the community. I have a lot of great uh, connections throughout who help keep me cool and keep me informed. And then I also have the relationships to make those connections for partnerships to move to the next level. So yeah, reach out to me. I'd love to talk to you. And I just love helping uh, the brands realize ROI in the space. And as a result, um, helping the community do more of what they love as well. I love it. I mean, guys, for those that don't understand, esports, even though it's a small segment of the whole video game industry, it will be a $2.2 billion business fairly quickly here in the next couple of years. I think they were forecasting 2022. Um, yeah, I think the pandemic fast. really helped. Yeah, it's really helped. I mean, woo. Okay, so John, thank you so much for joining the Mike is Listening show. Next week, we have Andrew Deutsch of the Fangled Cast podcast. And I gotta say, met him through the pandemic of another networking group. And just, guys, the podcasting community is another community that is very cool with diversity, embracing and supporting one another. And that is what the Mike is Listening show is all about. So stay tuned for next week for Andrew Deutsch. And until then, folks, thank you so much, John Davidson. Thank you so much for joining. The mic is listening. Thanks for having me.